Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. I'm Rachel Sadison, and with me is Jim Rexroth, a beef and crop farmer from York County, Pennsylvania. We're celebrating that May is Beef Month today, so Jim joins us to share about his operation and the cattle he raises for beef. Jim, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Rachel. I'm glad to be here. First, could you take a few minutes and tell our listeners a little bit about your farm, Jim? So Rexroth Farms was originally settled by the Rexroth family in 1945. You know, my grandpa and grandma they had uh, 12 kids. They were trying to keep their kids fed. They did anything they needed to do to make the farm mortgage payments and feed their family. Fed dogs, rabbits, hogs, anything that seemed to make some pennies. This is post-Great Depression era. Raised, raised my family in, in that rural area of, of Windsor. My dad, being one of the 12 children, always hungry to do a little more, really liked agriculture. He took what he started with and grew the operation. Uh, He raised tomatoes, potatoes. He rented land that others were struggling to make any sense of farming. In in his time frame, in in the 50s, 60s, a lot of guys were not even breaking even with their farm operations. He started renting that land, growing crops, burning the candle at both ends. In the early 70s, he built a dairy barn And that gave him a little more time at home as opposed to running to the markets on the eastern shore. He fed cattle. He milked cows, grew crops to feed the cows, potatoes and tomatoes. We did less and less of as time wore on. Dad's family was old enough to become involved, myself included. You know, we we went another direction. We focused on dairy, beef, and crops exclusively corn, soybeans, wheat. As as far as the dairy operation, we retired that in 2018. The dairy climate, I mean, there were clear market signals that we did not need to continue to participate in making milk. <laughs> the decision was made. We just exited that. Our dairy barn is now full of antique tractors, so my dad has a whole lot more fun with those than we ever did with the cows. Today, we feed cattle. We grow corn, soybeans, wheat, grass, hay, and uh, we flirted with hemp. We tried that for a year. Wasn't a bad deal, something different. Always open to new opportunities as an oddball situation that everyone asks about. We farm islands on the Susquehanna River where we run a river barge to get our equipment to and from the islands. Always willing to try something new, but at the end of the day, it does have to make financial sense. Thanks, Jim. It's always neat to hear about the history of farm operations and how you've really grown and transitioned over the years. So let's talk a bit more about your beef operation. Could you share about the steers you raise and how you care for them? We sell about 1,200 animals per year. Now, obviously, we don't have that many at one time. They're all certified natural cattle. We're feeding a marketplace that's a little bit of a niche market. You know, we're global animal partners. There are a lot of requirements. There are a lot of barriers to entry, if you will. We feed common York County forage-based ration, corn silage, corn, We also do get some grocery waste, fruits and vegetables, and then we supplement that with feed wheat that we get from a local mill. Yeah, we we feed those animals. We try and have the feeder cattle come in here maybe in the 
low to mid 700 pound range. They're coming from as far away as Georgia, a lot of cattle from West Virginia. So they spend the majority of their lives on grass from the beef cow to that that yearling or backgrounded feeder animal. They come in here. We try to have them from start to finish here on the feedlot about 220 days, and then they go for harvest and end up in the uh, whole food space. So, you know, it, that's that's what works well for us. A lot of different regulations, a lot of auditing. We've made that work for what we do. So, Jim, why do you feel that the beef operation is an important part of your greater farm business? You know, there there's synergy. We grow a significant amount of grain. So we have a, a large grain facility for our area of the country. It's, you know, sizable. And any kind of off-quality grain, you know, we can we can blend that with really good quality forage. And even if there would be a discount for something at the, a grain receiving station like a feed mill, you know, we can feed that to beef cattle and, and make a really good ration from it. So we feed our own grain. We feed forages. We have a, a nice land base. We look at the cattle feeding operation not only from income diversification, you know, it's it's a way to market the grain that's a guarantee. So we can basically book our cost of, of production in whatever it costs us to grow our corn. We can sell that grain to our own feedlot operation without transportation costs. If we're using high moisture corn, we don't have drying costs. So there are a lot of efficiencies there. To have really large cornfields right at the feedlot, it allows us to take that corn, feed the cattle, if we're only using the grain from the corn, we can then harvest the fodder from that corn and bed up those cattle. We take all the manure out of those pens and grow the feed for the cattle. So it's it's pretty efficient recycling. When we talk about carbon footprint or sustainability, we do also grow cover crops on those fields. That gives us the ability under all current rules and regs to spread the manure on those fields as needed, even during the winter time with the slopes and the cover crop established there. We we really just saw this as an opportunity to check a lot of boxes, both financially and, as I mentioned, you know, th- there's a synergism in our operation. Times when we can't do things in the field, we can use employees. They're processing cattle, loading cattle. It, it just really fit like a glove. Great. Well, thank you for sharing all that, Jim. So as we wrap up, since uh, grilling season and Memorial Day are upon us, could you tell our listeners your favorite way to prepare or eat beef? So I I like it rare. I like juicy, whether it's steaks or hamburger. I mean, probably my favorite Memorial Day treat is uh, gourmet cheeseburgers. You know, the the rare cheeseburger with all the trimmings, lettuce, tomato, pickles, ketchup, and mayonnaise. If it's a cheeseburger or if it's steak. I like it rare, juicy. I'm not a fan of well done, but uh, yeah, I, I just like the, the taste of beef and, and see it as you know, a great way to turn plant food into something that's just highly nutritious, delicious, and uh, something that I, I think we can all enjoy for the long term. Well, good. Thanks, Jim. And you're right. You can't go wrong with a great juicy burger there. So it has been great having you on the podcast here today and just want to say thank you to to you and all of the beef farmers out there who produce the beef for that uh, we enjoy here in May Beef Month uh, as well as all year long and happy Memorial Day. Yes, yeah, same to you, Rachel. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.